0: Hello, and you're listening to FP Cast, the podcast for fruitless pursuits where we bullshit about the week in pop culture. I am Luke, and I'm Jacinta. And this week, we're talking about movies, movies. Television. television, collectibles, collectibles, video. democracy sausage 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 are we going to talk about the democracy sausage
1: well why not
0: well because it's not pop culture news
1: well it's a part of everybody's life in this country whether they like it or not
0: because we already have a theme song that promises a lot of different topics that we're not going to talk about and uh, yeah. sausage isn't even one of them
1: exactly yeah i did listen to it the other day and i was like board games when was the last time we talked about board games mm. probably episode one yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: possibly. Ben, for reference, this is episode 288. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, explain the democracy sausage to the overseas listeners who have no idea uh, the price of freedom in this country.
1: <laughs> yeah, so...
0: Which is about $2.50. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I always thought they were meant to be,
0: you know, free as a
1: treat after you vote. But what? You crazy. Have
0: to- They're fundraisers.
1: Yeah. Well. For the schools. Yeah.
0: Because voting happens at schools. You yes. suddenly got a whole lot of people coming through the school, mm. so they run fundraisers. And
1: often they have to line up for a very long time. I saw a lot of people on social media complaining of uh, hour, two hour line waits, which is like, fuck that.
0: Well, they live in shitty places because, like, we were there at about 10 o'clock and we mm. waited approximately five, six minutes. Yeah. And we had a cake stall and a democracy sausage, and there was this awesome van which sold all sorts of crazy brews, and I had a Turkish delight latte, and it was amazing.
1: I voted very late in the afternoon because I wanted to miss all the crowds, so unfortunately I also missed all the uh, snacks, which was a shame, but um, it also meant that I did not have to wait at all, which was lovely.
0: We also sold lots of doggos.
1: Yeah, there was one doggo at my polling place. It was a nice doggo. We saw a big, white, fluffball doggo, like this
0: big, white, beautiful uh, cloud of a doggo.
1: Okay.
0: i got to say, though, I live in a very nice area, and it was a very good voting set. It was the best time I've ever had Mm. voting. Like, we were there for a bit. I Mm. had a um, chocolate mud and rum muffin.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I got some fancy drinks. I got a drink, which uh, it's downstairs, actually. I should crack it. It's mm-hmm. a uh, gingerella, and it has like a Barbarella-style woman on the front. Oh, wow. And it's a ginger ale. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like, we didn't mm-hmm. wait long, and uh, we got to see... There were kids on go-karts, kids playing ping-pong. Yeah, it was wow. all very pleasant. Whereas I've heard people say, oh, everyone was aggro at mine, and there was really, like, busy and stuff. No, like, you just... Need to lift your socio-economic game.
1: Yeah, like you can vote out of your electorate. Like just go to a nicer one. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that was the problem, though, because of our area.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, uh, look, I-, I remember where I came from. <laughs> yes. I-, I vote accordingly. I mm-hmm. have a social conscience. Mm. But you look around and you go, oh, this is lovely. Look at all these lovely people. And you think, look at all these lovely people that are voting to... For the
1: racist... Crush <laughs> the racist party. Crush
0: everybody else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is your electorate... You are a Julie Bishop's electorate previously but, before she Oh, I don't know. Don't know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so we get um, treats and snacks and stuff, and America just gets voter suppression. So I think we're winning there. Yeah, so it was uh, it was fun. I did like walking past because there's people that are out the front with the how-to-vote cards, which is very nice. If, like me, you don't do your homework at all and then you walk up to the gate and there's somebody with a piece of paper with all the answers on it, that's yeah, really nice. That that's is my handy. That is my favourite bit. So I did take great joy in walking past, you know, the um, One Nation and Fraser Anning and, and um, UAP and the Australian Christian Party and very... Uh, Pointedly taking the how to vote card from the uh, greens candidate and waving it in the faces of the others when they try to shove their racist propaganda in my face
0: yeah i might live in a nice area but (laughs) we got given the greens we got given the labor and Mm. then the liberals looked at us (laughs) and didn't even offer i don't know i was wearing my koala t-shirt i had Mm. my tat showing Mm. I guess, uh... Oh, you're too left-leaning for them. They were like, nah, this is a lost cause. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. so we'll, we'll see. So it happens. Well, yeah, everyone will know by the time this comes out. But yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't been following it either. We've been far more invested in Eurovision, which mm. we will talk about uh, a little bit later in the show. Yes. We also saw John Wick 3, our third John Wick outing.
1: Infliction. Um, despite <laughs> not being big John Wick fans, we went and saw the third one. Yeah, I'm sure there's people who just really fucking hated the fact that we got to see it for free and they were just absolutely frothing over it because they genuinely really love John Wick.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't like John Wick, but then uh, <laughs> you might be surprised at our review. I think maybe like I just finally succumbed to John Wick. You've been like, beaten over the head yeah, so much. I had some um, Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> for old uh, Wico, Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. And uh, we're also, of course, going to talk about um, Game of Thrones. Though I hesitate to because the amount of garbage opinions oh, yeah. that have been all over the internet yeah, this week yeah, is yeah. just a lot in the internet has uh, just been wild. Um, it's just really put me off humanity.
1: Yeah, it's been it's been pretty crazy. Like I, yeah, people are so. Uh, simultaneously
0: angry and hateful about game of thrones but also i guess incredibly addicted and um obsessed with it so it's hard to yeah people
1: get like i mean i don't think this is that surprising but that people just feel so entitled to having things turn out the exact way that they want them to turn out
0: yeah like it's
1: so bizarre
0: i still love game of thrones and fuck you all and uh, yeah, and we we talk about uh, what to watch challenge, and uh, but first a little bit of news. Mm. We have our new Batman allegedly. It hasn't L- apparently yeah. been all signed and uh, on the dotted line, but it's it looks like it's going to be.
1: Yeah, I saw a few articles this morning that said that it's, it's still allegedly between uh, Robert Pattinson and, and Nicholas Holt. Okay, mm. interesting. Hmm. Uh, but. Like, I would say 90% of the articles on the internet are saying RPATs is RBATs now. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've seen far more articles saying this was what is happening before I saw any going, oh, actually, hang on, no, it hasn't actually, you know, it's not actually official just yet.
0: Well, Nicholas Holt is in English, so that would be another English person to play Batman. Mm. And Yeah, I, it's talking garbage opinions, of course, so then there's been a lot of... And I thought it couldn't get worse than Netflix sparkly gives a sparkly vampire once. Which was just like when uh, Heath Ledger was cast as Joker and everyone was like, well, how will he not play it like a gay cowboy?
1: Yeah, it's been... uh, I don't tend to comment on much stuff on the internet, obviously, because it's like throwing your opinion against a brick wall. But I I had to comment on, on on a thread about this in a sort of local Perth page and the thread eventually did get deleted because most normal people were going hey no i'm sure he's going to be great because you know what he hasn't been in one thing like one single thing over the last decade he's been in lots of things and has shown his range and has been good
0: been a lot of arthouse films a lot of risky films mm. and done some uh, really amazing things he was in high life which i talked about uh just recently and yeah. it was uh, great in there
1: and i saw someone um yeah bringing up the the heath ledger thing and actually having um screenshots of comment sections of when that was announced and the you know the shit that people were saying and someone went no one gave Heath Ledger shit and the guy's like look I literally put (laughs) I literally put these screenshots did you Uh, not read what the fuck is wrong with you
0: people don't read or comprehend (laughs) um did you see there was that post going around I saw it on Facebook which was some um, convention, I think, in the U.S., and it was their cosplay policy. Mm. And they were saying no Nazi-related imagery, either real Nazis or fictional Nazis. Mm-hmm. Um, this includes um, Nazis, for, uh, including from Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, Indiana Jones, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then there were all these people going, what the fuck? We can't cosplay as Captain America? What's that? And it's like, you can't mm. read. Like, you just can't read. You just you just don't understand things. And that's, so there was yeah. so much, like, not just one person, not just two people. Yeah. So much anger from people going, why the hell can't we be Indiana Jones? That's ridiculous. And it's like, because it, it, you have very, very low comprehension skills.
1: Yeah, that's quite sad, isn't it? Yeah. No, it, it just <sighs> astounds me. And the thing is, like, it would only take one person to not read it properly and then go, oh, I can't cosplay Captain America... And then all the other people who don't read the article and then just read that comment and just assume that's what the article says, it's just like, fuck,
0: man, just just relax, son. uh, It's always down to a director. Matt Reeves is a really solid director. He gave us the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, Got faith in that. And I want to say something else, pretty controversial. I think most people, if they put in the work, could play Batman. I don't think Batman's the tricky one.
1: Yeah, no. You just got
0: to be intense. Yeah. And, uh, you know.
1: You just got to do, like, lower face acting. I think uh, whether he's, I guess, w- how they're going to play Bruce Wayne with him, because I don't necessarily see him as that real debonairy, suave, how they put Christian Bale across. But again, who knows? Oh, yeah. Be
0: fine
1: yeah it, it's, it's it will fucking, be my will cat be
0: fine. if he like he did the workout regime could play mm. batman mm-hmm. and you know even the fact that he's a cat playing a bat i don't even think that would be particularly confusing i think it would work mm. so yeah it's a piece of piss so <laughs> just relax about it real it's fine uh we saw the trailer just then for maleficent 2 mm. mistress of evil That was a thing?
1: That was a thing, yeah. It was a
0: reminder that there was a Maleficent (laughs) one, and the trailer really (laughs) has this feeling that people are a bit foggy on that, because Mm. half the trailer is a little bit of a recap Mm. of previously on Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's just some green stuff and some flying around. She flies through a window, which she famously does in the first one. Mm. And it doesn't really give you much of an indication of what it's about.
1: No, not really. But uh, I think I was very pleasantly surprised by the first one. I it, like given it. Yeah. Given the vitriol that was uh, against it when it first came out, I, I quite like the first one. So... I'm keen to see oh, it. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. I'm keen to see it. But, uh, and you know, and I think
0: as well, there's the bit where um, someone says, this is no fairy tale. Well, it actually is. And that's, I've never been so excited by a tagline since, um, dudes, this is no cartoon mm. on the Ninja Turtle one. Mm. And I was like, what? What? Ninja Turtles are... are, are uh,
1: Real and walking around yeah. and talking and skateboarding and eating pizza?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was mm. rubbing my eyes for good...
1: Mm. 10 what? 10 minutes.
0: What? Mm. Uh, And I threw the bottle over my shoulder. Mm. I was only twelve, so
1: it was was like Fanta.
0: It was Fanta, yeah. yeah. Fanta was invented by the Nazis. Did you know that? Have we talked about
1: that? No.
0: This is true. People can look this up. Fanta Nazis, but it was during the war. The Coke factory there could not in Germany could not Mm. get the ingredients through Mm
1: -hmm. for Coke, Mm -hmm.
0: so they started to make a drink based on what they had, Mm -hmm. and they didn't use. Oranges. It was something wacky like elderberries or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the logo and everything, um, they did that, and uh, yeah, it took off and it, it stuck around. And then other places started making it, and then it became the orange thing.
1: Yeah, right. That's so cool. yeah. So now they can't sell that at conventions.
0: Not if you dress as Captain America yeah, you cannot yep. drink Fanta. Yeah. Yeah. No, and people were even in that thread were going, oh no, you can't dress as Captain America because of that um, how Hydra thing that happened in the comics, because you know it's insinuated <laughs> that he was a. Mm. a Hydra sympathizer
1: mm.
0: no just read the sentence yeah 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 very some very crucial words in there uh I really hate people today if uh, people are wondering not you listeners because you obviously have impeccable taste and uh, great opinions but uh, man. People it's it's are, been
1: a it's been a rough week for um,
0: reading people's opinions on the internet. People are dumb. People are so dumb. And I know. You know. We're gonna give you our garbage opinions today, and you can sit there and go, "Oh, they're so dumb." But uh, and it's true. Like that's true as well. That's valid. Mm. We are dumb. Don't listen to our dumb opinions either. <laughs> go do something productive. But uh, let's talk about John Wick three. Uh, Parabellum, mm. which is Latin, and according to the film, means uh, prepare for war.
1: Mm. This might be controversial given my uh, previous extreme dislike of these movies, but this movie was okay. Yeah, I
0: was entertained. Yeah. I still think the um, th- there is a sort of sickening point with the gun violence, but yeah. th- it is what it is. It's the premise. You're going to see it or not. What I enjoyed was there were a lot of other stunts and a lot of other interesting ways for him to dispatch mm. people mm. without just using guns.
1: Yeah, I think that the... Um, Uh, choreography of this, I really, uh, engage with that in a way that I haven't with the last two. And I think I don't remember the other ones too well, which is
0: a a reason that I don't love them, Mm. but I didn't mind the gun, gun fu as much in this because I don't know, like all the reloading and the emphasis on reloading and the emphasis on how do you find that couple of seconds in a battle and Mm. make that part of the choreography to reload all that sort of stuff i thought it was quite uh,
1: clever mm. but that, there is uh, there is a scene that i think i mentioned in the car on the way home that it felt like a video game where like the bad guys are just popping up and they just pop them in the head and another one pops up and they pop yeah, them in the head and i was like oh i, I didn't I, really engage with that i scene think that's much.
0: by design you know what you realize about john wick especially now as we're in that third one is there's nothing realistic about it at all and it's mm. not trying to be Mm. i mean the huge amounts of people that he dispatches in this one tend to have like a a great deal of them especially in the gun scenes have either helmets or scarves over their heads they're Mm. dehumanized as much as possible you're certainly not being asked to think of them as real people just you know it's like a zombie killing fantasy thing where just hordes Mm. of people come through and you shoot them Plus, there was just something I couldn't get my head around in the second one. I still haven't entirely got my head around because I haven't seen people talking about it. But this idea that the extras, the people in the city, do not react to anything that happens. Mm. Like, there is literally a knife killing in the middle of Central Station. And the people still walk around and go to their trains and, and no one screams, no one reacts. Uh, and there's gunfire and people are walking past in the background. There's things happening on the street with lots of gunfire. There's not a single police car shown. Mm. It's really not interested in making this a real-world thing. And I think the minute you made it a real-world thing, it would be grosser. Mm -hmm. But it really keeps it in this realm of this weird video. And it is a video game. It Mm. is a series of... um, boss fights leading up to the final boss
1: mm, yeah so the the plot of this one not that anyone going to say this film's really care that much is uh, obviously the end of the last film he killed someone uh in the continental, the Ho- the continental hotel yeah um which is meant to be a safe haven he is uh, made excommunicado after that, with a huge bounty on his head, and he basically just has to evade everybody trying to kill him and work out how not to die. First act's
0: great because he's just getting attacked all mm. over the place and he's defending himself with very little, limited um, options. Mm. But uh, then it, it does—it's a globe-trotting movie a bit as well, which mm. I wasn't expecting. It's got some uh, either good or just funny supporting people.
1: Yeah, which yeah, I but, think is an improvement on the last two, because I can't really remember anyone from the last two movies. Yeah, uh, Ruby, Ruby Rose. Rose.
0: <laughs> but this one's got Halle Berry, and yeah. uh, it's got Bron from Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's got Jason Manzoukas. Ah, uh, yes. He's got one of the worst first <laughs> lines in film, which is going to haunt him, I'm sure. Where he's looking at his watch going, tock, Mr. Wick. <laughs> which is so fucked. And... Uh, Oh, yeah, and um, that guy who's the the main antagonist, I mm. guess, who's tracking down John, mm. uh, the bald Kung Fu gentleman, mm. that's... Um, is his name Mark
1: Damascus? Uh, something like that, yeah. I looked him up as well.
0: And he's afterwards. been in so many 80s yeah. action films, and he yeah. was the other brother in Double Dragon with Scott Wolf. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, and he's awesome.
1: I man. think he's in... I read that he was uh, in Iron Chef as well. Like, he played yeah, right. the son of some... Yeah, anyway. Um, but, yeah, he's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Keanu's just doing his thing. There's a little bit
0: of humour in it. The mm. uh, I don't know the name of the um, adjudicator either, but she's a uh, really interesting choice.
1: Asia uh, Asia Cape Dillon, I believe. She's yeah. from Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Mm. So, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I gave it three and a half. Okay, so I I gave it three because I think there was enough. It was enough there to for me to rate it over two and a half. Um, But I wouldn't say that I'm now a convert at all. I did think going in that I, I bet that I hated the audience reaction to the film much more than I was going to hate the actual film. And that opening scene where they're just going absolutely bunter on the hand to hand combat violence, and the audience was just cackling and (laughs) being just so fucking excited for people to get axes in their head and I was like oh okay this is happening
0: okay yeah no look I didn't mind that okay I I don't mind an audience that is engaged like I don't like audiences that yell out or are obnoxious or whatever. But when we go and see something like Endgame and they all cheer when Captain America does that thing in the battle, mm. and, you know, it feels good. I'm not going to cheer, but I'm cheering on the inside. And, and it feels like, yeah, everyone's invested. This is a moment. So I, I don't mind that. It's the same way that, um, you know, you put me in like a Pixar movie and if kids are cackling away and sort of, you know, I'm like, that's fine. You're engaged. That's part of it. This is for you. It's not for me. That's... You know, but it's just that obnoxious, like, I don't give a fuck about this film, I'm going to be on my phone or I'm going to be talking to my friend, or I'm too dumb to fucking follow what's going on, so I'm going to ask the person next <laughs> to me what's happening. <laughs> or I'm going to ask them to explain something, which clearly we're not supposed to know yet, just mm-hmm. fucking relax, it's going to be revealed mm. later on in the film, just, you know, don't, or IMDBing. Uh, oh, that's such and such from mm-hmm. something. Oh, yeah, you recognised the person on the world's biggest flashcard.
1: Yeah, congratulations. A huge
0: fucking screen in front of you. <laughs>
1: One of the interesting things I've found over the last couple of days is that um, people who really liked the first two are being a little bit more... Um, cool on this one i think and i mean general public who just really want to see keanu reeves shoot people in the face they're fine with it but i found that um a lot the, the of critics wick
0: experts
1: that critics are, are more like oh this is not this this is not uh, as good as the other two this is just john wick shooting people and i'm like well like i've got like what other movies were you watching because he was shooting people
0: yeah, he, he did. I, I think, you know, if you had to nail down just a couple of uh, his characteristics, mm. I'd say shooting people with guns. Mm. Uh, it's, it's up there. Yeah. Top three for me. Might be controversial. Might be a garbage opinion. But uh, there you go. All right. Well,
1: John Wick, that was the thing. Yeah, it was fine. Like, if you like John Wick, go and see the John Wick movie. If, if you're lukewarm on John Wick, you may find something in this that you enjoy. I know that I did. But if you really don't like them at all, I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be telling you that this is definitely going to change your mind. And
0: that's more babysitting from just into there than you're going to get from me. I don't give a fuck at what you do, how you schedule it, whether you go and see it or not. It's up to you, champ. Make a big boy decision. Uh, all right. Eurovision. <laughs> <sighs> okay <laughs> i've watched this i watched the two semi-finals watched them with suzanne last night yeah.
1: actually i suspect you've actually watched uh, more than me shockingly the football ran late last night and it was a very close game so i missed the um uh about the first half an hour i did see clips of them on on catch up and the songs that i felt that i needed to see i watched on um yeah. on youtube later but, um, well, yeah. speaking
0: of garbage opinions, we're already at odds because I believe you thought the second final was better and I thought yes. the first was was better. I thought there was a lot to... I was preparing for a kind of flat one because you'd been a bit... And then I was really quite in, I was surprised. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. it's uh, The first one was okay. Like, I have very specific points. Parameters when I'm uh, mentally judging each Eurovision song. Um, Whereas, you know, a lot of general public is like, I want to watch Eurovision because it's all weird shit. And then, like, Iceland with Hitari, with the fucking bondage demon people, they're like, yay, weird shit. Um, But that is Eurovision. Well, it is because re- what real. about
0: those wonderful montages that were put together? Those edits of various songs from Eurovision of the past. Yeah, it was all weird shit.
1: No, it wasn't really. There was it a lot was. of like blonde women singing ballads, and then Swedish boys in tight pants. No, it was, yeah. and
0: and there's this crazy lack of self-aware. Even some of the straight stuff. There's times where you're like. Where's Eurovision? And then something happens and you go, oh, there he is. There's Eurovision mm. popping his head out. Like, that guy, he didn't get through. Um, the guy with the man buns, he sort of got the Ray hairstyle. From Hungary? Yeah, and he's got the, the beard. Yes. He sort of look. He looks actually like Ray, Poe, and Finn had yeah. a threesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, yeah. and he came out. Yeah. And and that's why... And he's singing a song about his father. Mm. And there's all the flames and stuff around him. Mm. And he's very... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a ballad. It's just him out there. He's pretty much he's singing, mm. and then this big goofy head of a father comes flying up <laughs> behind him, mm. and you're just like, "There's Eurovision. Yeah. There you are." And then every time something exciting happened, I wanted that big head
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the father to poke up.
1: Yeah, I think. Uh, but- the I, I don't know that, that Israel has uh, quite one on the production stakes this year. Like Sweden, when they hosted about know, three years ago or so, theirs, I look back on theirs now and theirs was unbelievable. So anything less than that now just kind of looks like shit. The stage
0: feels a bit small. They've got, they've yeah. got that crazy like proscenium that uh, Catwalk arrowhead that comes out yeah but it
1: looks it looks weirdly empty too when the the, the wider shots they've got like a, a pit which is right down the front and then they've got like a secondary sort of pit and the secondary pit is like
0: not very full no and people you can see them not being that engaged either in a yeah, lot of it. like yeah. people just sort of walking around checking their camera packs. I saw
1: um about a month ago when they were doing the setup for the stage they showed the um like the space that they were doing yeah. it in, and it looked fucking tiny. Like, and em- yeah. this empty space looks so tiny, and um, apparently the tickets were quite expensive, so that would explain perhaps why it's not as full. I, I, I don't know. This has been a bit of a weird Eurovision, and I found um, that maybe, maybe it's just me, and maybe it's always been like this, and I've never noticed, that the sound mixing was a bit off this year. Like, the the music sounded so much louder than the, the vocals, and I found that, especially in semi-final one, that the vocals got really drowned out by the music a lot of the time, and and I wasn't really enjoying that too much. Um, Listen to you. I really... I'm very serious you about are. Eurovision. It's very, like, you need to be able to hear... Uh, the words and the vocal because it is a song competition. Well, and, and my problem with semi-final one yeah. um, it's not that the songs were terrible. A lot of the songs were very good. But I think that vocally, a lot of them weren't nailing it, considering how they have so many rehearsals for this thing. Like, yeah. they rehearse, rehearse, rehearse all the time. And it's like, you know your song, you know how to sing it. There's no reason for you really to be pitchy or flat, despite the fact that you're singing live in front of an audience of about 10 million people. Well, look, I am
0: one of the garbage people that enjoyed Iceland just being bad shit. Oh, yeah, look, Crazy. I,
1: I I enjoyed it. It's it's Because fun. It,
0: it's like, it's the most wretched, alienating Mm. song Mm. they're like um screaming hollering they're wearing bondage gear Mm -hmm. they've got this big um metal cog that they're hammering with Mm -hmm. hammers uh it looks like they're in the pits of hell whereas Mm -hmm. everything else is usually pretty reconciliatory and, and hopeful yeah And then I really loved when they did the announcement and that they got in and everyone's been, like, crying and weeping at being put through Mm. and the guy just stared. He did not... (laughs) The guy with the
1: contact lenses, yeah. Just did
0: not change his expression Mm. at all. I thought that was really badass considering Mm. poor Elliot was probably crying into his beer at that stage. And this guy was just fucking uh, wild.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wasn't... um Surprised by most of the ones that got through in semi-final one. I was really... Except for f- San Marino? No, I... F- okay, I am very pro-San Marino. That guy's that guy, fucked. No, that guy... Um, the pro- the problem slash blessing the Eurovision this year is that so many of the people that are on it have been on it previously. Yeah. So I'm kind of directly comparing them and their song to their previous song. And yeah. most of them, not as good. That guy... He's he's he is his own fucking man. He knows what he is about, and he just delivers. And people are like you know what?
0: Sure. But wasn't he weak as piss? Like the without the backup singers, he's got mm. nothing there. He's not putting it into. There's no point where that song lives. This is sure. this old bald dude <laughs> with these um uh, daddy younger singers <laughs> and stuff who just mm. looks like basically the yeah that he had the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I love him. I fucking love him. I, I don't maybe don't like this song as much as his last song that he had, but you know what, fuck it, San Marino hardly ever gets through to the final because they suck, and I am so happy for him to get through.
0: So I'm being conscious that uh, a lot of people probably have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, which I still want to continue talking about, it, yeah. but we should um, put as many sort of references to kind of orient people. Mm. as possible
1: Uh, the only one I was really disappointed didn't get through in semi-final one is Poland I I really loved I I loved Poland that was probably one of my favourites it was was my favourite Poland and the Czech Republic they had that kind of uh, 80s electro pop with the rectangles they were sort of dancing in that was my favourite song um but poland was brilliant
0: it was a really bad year for witches and vampires Mm -hmm. because poland were were four witches yep it's with flames all around them Mm -hmm. singing uh this crazy song yeah and then in the second final romania Mm -hmm. had this i thought she looked amazing Mm -hmm. uh this wonderful goth lady with these um sort of vampire men with face paint and no shirts and harnesses Mm -hmm. that they were very, oh, here's Eurovision popping out of the crowd and dancing around her. Mm -hmm. And I wanted both of those to go through, Mm -hmm. which is vampires out.
1: Yeah, yeah, which is a shame. Romania tends to to get through. And I think that generally it almost seems like the juries vote for the normal songs and the public uh, vote for the weirder songs. So... You're only going to get a couple of weird songs through each year, I think. Um, they put that Wiggle song through about people fucking in the next room. Yeah, that's that's the Czech Republic one. That's yeah. the one that I liked. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I generally, I have, after watching it for many years, you kind of have certain countries that you feel like you gravitate towards because you tend to like their output. Uh, this year, Ireland fucked up what was theirs theirs was um, second song in semi-final 2 they were like the milk bar the blonde girl the oh, milk bar yeah, thing yeah that was that rubbish was, that was fucked yeah um, Estonia uh, song was very catchy Guy was really really hot but incredibly pitchy so I just couldn't I couldn't respect him uh, he got through that was, that was good hopefully he learns how to which sing which one was that He was, um, the song was called Storm, and he was like a very, it was semi-final one, very good-looking sort of boy band hair, leather jacket. Um, He was later in the final. He was about third or fourth last, I think. Is that Darude? Darude? No, Darude Darude was at the front. He didn't get through. That was, well, actually, no, not that fucking shocking. Um, So I liked Estonia and Azerbaijan. I can't remember what they did I think they had like a blonde lady ballad singer which is uh, always good I do love a big ballad with a big key change wind machine that's my Eurovision that's the Eurovision that I love Um, so yeah I don't know who at the moment Netherlands is the favourite he was the um, semi final two younger guy piano ballad with the light shining behind him pretty low key sort of song I did like the song um and i but this is this been, is this is
0: the issue though yeah. like we talk about this stuff we're naming countries and saying good looking dude who did a thing whereas like there were witches and vampires and and bondage people
1: yeah but also it's a song competition yeah so you know people vote for the song uh
0: or an entertainment podcast
1: yeah i know but people can we can we can talk about these these things and people can google them on the the youtubes
0: okay google good-looking man playing piano
1: from netherlands eurovision netherlands 2019 it's not hard Uh, so he's the favorite at the moment shockingly the number two favorite is australia
0: that was that was great i'd Mm. not heard that before i liked it but the it's staging of that uh, was it was excellent
1: yeah I um, it's our
0: Australian lady what's her name Kate Miller Heidke and she's on a stick <laughs>
1: she a is song on about stick.
0: gravity. she's on this yeah. tall pole with and she's wearing white and then mm. there were two ladies on either side of her wearing black who were also mm. on these tall bendy poles and they just all fly around like those wacky, inflatable people at a yeah, car yard.
1: Yeah, And Kate Miller-Heidke is an extremely talented singer. She This song is extremely operatic. She has a range that most people would sell their souls for. Um, I didn't vote for this song in the Australia Decides Um you know, because we got to vote for who we were going to send to Eurovision. I did not vote for Kate miller Uh The song's growing on me, but I don't, like... I don't love it, love it. But I hope she wins, because that would be nice. What so, happens if Australia wins, we don't host it. Do no, Because no one's going to come over. And... No, no. Nope. So we will co-host it uh, with another European nation. Yeah. So, like, our um, SBS, our broadcasting company, will, you like, basically go halvesies yeah. with a European country. And it, it's... Surely they would have to start kind of talking to people now, given that it's very likely we'll be in the top five. Just in case this happens, they probably need to start making plans. I would like it for it to go back to Sweden.
0: Would it be this
1: runner-up or
0: would it uh, would it just be whoever we want?
1: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think or oh, I mean it's obviously never happened before. so I don't know that there's actually a protocol in place. Would it be the UK because
0: I mean, look, we got the Queen on our coins.
1: Yeah, it could it could very well be the UK, but it would just be a matter of who agrees to... Who wants to do it. Uh, yeah, who agrees to partner up with us, basically. So it would, uh, it'll be very interesting if it does happen. I don't know if it will, but uh, there's a lot more goodwill towards Australia this year than I think there has been the last couple of years. So uh, looking forward to it. I will be getting up in the wee hours of the morning to watch the final live so that I can vote. When does that start? uh so' 3 a.m Perth time tomorrow morning.
0: that will be about 3 a.m to about what s- about sixish Six. yes
1: All right yeah maybe so it's uh yes, yeah, very exciting. I think that uh, there hasn't been as many songs this year that I've loved, especially compared to last year like looking back on some of the songs from last year there's some that I still really love like the the Viking boy band with their their big uh, rousing song and Eugene uh, Bush Pepper. With his uh, melodic rock song, it was fantastic last year. Hmm. Anyway, yes, this is a, the, like basically Eurovision and Christmas are the two points of the year where I find joy. So it's uh, it's all downhill from here until uh, December. All right. Mm.
0: Well, well, go Aussie, 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 Australia, get up on that pole. Mm. Now, uh, we should talk about our What to Watch Challenge. We should. Uh, We watched a film because it's Costume Designers Month. So we watched Mm -hmm. a film with costumes by Sangyong Jo. And what did you watch? Uh,
1: I watched a Korean medieval film called uh, Kundo, Age of the Rampant. And uh, it was a really interesting one to look at for costumes because obviously I watched Little Women last week and they were pretty, like, bland. Like, pretty bland kind of styling. And this, um, being that it was set, like, in the 1800s in the Joseon era and is looking at a lot of different sort of classes and uh, jobs and that sort of thing, everyone has a completely different, very elaborate sort of outfit, and that was really cool. This film is basically, uh, it's this sort of Robin Hoodie tale of... uh, rebels and outlaws and revenge and redemption and um, robbing from the rich to pay the poor and, and that sort of thing. But it's presented in this wonderful sort of pulpy western kind of way and it was a lot of fun, lots of um, great martial arts choreography and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty long, like it's a two and a half hour movie and I'm just like, oh God, just can you just shave about half an hour off that, would be nice. But uh, I, uh, I enjoyed it, it was really good fun, a lot of uh, fun cast, and uh, yeah, the costuming was was great. I mean, I've seen a few movies and TV series that are, you know, set in this era, so I'm a little bit familiar with how things are supposed to look, and everything just looked fucking great. Mm. Brilliant.
0: Well, a a great design of them, because uh, they they were certainly a highlight in uh, what I watched, which is a movie you've talked about Mm. on here before, I believe, along with the gods. Yeah. The Two Worlds, Mm. which is from 2017. Yes. And a story about a firefighter who uh, dies at the very beginning of the film, and he goes to the afterlife, uh, guided by three sort of guardians who are grim reapers, and uh, they don't look like grim reapers. They look like a lovely trio of people, Mm. actually. Kind of his uh, lawyers, aren't they?
1: They are are his lawyers in his afterlife trials.
0: And he has to go through seven trials over 49 days, which does sound uh, like a slog. And he has to see all these different gods, like the god of murder. So all these gods have a a really interesting costume design and sort of theme going on there. Like there's one who's a young girl with a lollipop in a Mm. sort of weird tech situation. And uh, there's also demons and all all sorts of creatures and characters. So the design really is the strong point of this film for me. It's a really well-realized fantasy world with Mm -hmm. a lot of um, characters that you just instantly feel like you know what they're about because of the design. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's design doing a very good job and doing all the shorthand of letting you know what these characters are about. As a film, look, I wish I'd seen it at the cinema. It is a Mm -hmm. really big... Action film, it's uh, got a lot of effects. It's a lot bigger than you might be expecting. Um, I wish I'd been a captive audience and just watched it because it's so sentimental and so sort of moralistic and preachy about what a great guy this dude was. And, mm. yeah, that element just sort of began to lose me. Um, mm. But, uh, yeah, it's this sort of pretty soap opery saccharine kind of story set in this crazy, wild... Mm. Uh, demon-filled afterlife thing, so a real mixed bag. But I think I ended up giving it a, a three and a half, and that's all for the the design and the look mm. and the feel and the, the action. So, yeah, I looked forward to that. And next week we'll be doing f- films with uh, costumes by Edith Head, mm-hmm. who uh, contributed to 351 films. I was wondering how she did that much. She seems to be, if you look at her credits... Seems to have um, concentrated on a particular actor or character in a film. Mm. And uh, through that sort of golden age of Hollywood, Mm. um, worked on a hell of a lot of films. And I'm doing her very last film. She actually died before it hit cinemas. Oh, right. Which was... Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, a comedy with Steve Martin, which is a bit of a parody of the noir films.
1: Okay. I am doing Roman Holiday with Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Excellent. Okay. Well, now uh, really keen to get into this meat, which
0: is the Game of Thrones penultimate episode. We will be talking spoilers, as has everybody on the internet (laughs) for the last week. Uh, if you don't want to be spoilt for that, then uh, you can fuck right off now. <laughs> but thank you very much for listening. Go to fruitlesspursuits.com to find out everything that we're doing. You'll find links to our Facebook discussion page. We'd love to hear from you there. To uh, You can rate reviewers wherever you get podcasts from. You can go on our Patreon and supporters. And you can also uh, look for Dungeons & Drongos, which is my fantasy australia role-playing podcast and don't forget that dungeons and drongos is doing a live show it's coming up very soon it's the third of june as part of objective Secured's southern hemisphere open that's western australia's tabletop gaming ccg rpg and board game expo We'll be performing on Monday, the 3rd of June. It's a public holiday. You can get tickets at objectivesecured.com.au or check out Southern Hemisphere Open on Facebook. would love to see as many of you there as possible. But right now, we are going to spoil the shit out of Game of Thrones, starting from...
1: No! no.
0: I'm going to put two things on the table.
1: Okay.
0: You just everyone knows like where I'm coming from. Okay. One... I said this on Facebook. For me, watching Game of Thrones is always going to be infinitely more enjoyable to me than reading people's garbage opinions Mm -hmm. or criticisms of Game of Thrones. The idea that people think that reading their bullshit on social media, and this could be said the same, like my bullshit right now, that that is more entertaining than just watching the fucking thing. Mm. No, it's not. And two, when I watched... The very first season, and it ended with Daenerys stepping out with the baby dragons, and I was just thinking, oh, my God, this badass person is going to go and do these amazing things with these dragons. It's been nine years. Mm. Like, I didn't come here to not watch her burn King's Landing to a crisp. Like, this is what I wanted out of this. I'm Team Danny. A lot of people are, like, acting, taking this very personally, like, she's a real person in the world that Mm -hmm. has committed atrocity. Mm -hmm. She's not. It's a character. It's part of a story. And, uh, I fucking loved it. I thought it was a great episode. And, um... Yes, yeah. burn, motherfucker, burn.
1: Yeah, I've been anti-Danny for a little while, so I felt fairly vindicated by her uh, turning into a shithead this episode. Um, I, yeah, look. I, I think that's so bizarre, the
0: though, to say that she turned into a shithead when it's been nine years of absolute shitheads and people doing bad things. She's been betrayed by everyone.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, there's there was a choice to be made. And she made the choice to to burn women and children. Only after
0: she was backed into a corner, repeatedly. And how else was she going to... Plus, I think she knows that what Tyrion did with Jamie, and I think that was part of it, that she knew that they were just going to continue to conspire and conspire and undermine her.
1: Yeah, but then there's the point where she's just like, okay, well, she's already lost, but it's like, why... Why oh, take down all these people with her? But why Why are we suddenly pretending King's
0: Landing is this, like, lovely place? It never was. Sansa couldn't look out the window without getting raped in the early seasons. Everybody's just an utter fuckhead, and she just cleansed it. Yeah. But now we're
1: like, oh, the, but the
0: women and children from Lollipop Lane.
1: Mm, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just, like, not like, on board with genocide, even though it's, like, fun to watch her burn things, and that's fine. But it's not real genocide. Well. Like, they're not they're real women and children. A, they're they're cleansing a city. They're not
0: even, like, developed characters. They're just extras having a, having a laugh.
1: Yeah, I know. But we've spent nine years in this universe where they do make a point of telling us that these are real people in a war and we, no, we but, feel the consequences of their deaths. And But everyone's been... Yeah, I agree. But everyone's been a shithead, is what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, every... And I mean, like look, da- look, I say Daenerys turned into a shithead. Daenerys has kind of been a shithead for quite some time. This is not... A lot of people say, oh, it's so out of the blue. And it's like, have we been watching the same show? Because she's been making fairly unqualified decisions for quite some time. So I don't feel like this is a a complete crazy uh, right turn from her
0: but there's all this weird sort of focus on that because every character's been making unqualified decisions for a long time they're all flawed crazy characters like I I feel like there's this real shift in the way the audience thinks about Game of Thrones because I remember there was a point where it used to be almost depressing to watch because every time somebody had the opportunity to do a really shitbag thing they would you know there was this idea that you couldn't trust anyone, that nobody wouldn't try to take advantage or kill or rape or, you know, Mm. do that if they had the opportunity Um, and then you get those people also having this weird sort of thing about, oh well Cersei and Jaime's death, it wasn't enough and I expected a confrontation and all these things and it's like, it's it's never really been about those big sort of cliche like superhero movie moments, it's, Mm. you know Daddy Lannister got knocked off sitting on the dunny um, yeah, Joffrey yeah. was poisoned by the old lady. Like there's, it's always been people's luck just running out eventually. And, um, mm,
1: I do think that it...
0: <laughs> people enjoy Cersei, even though Cersei blew up fucking everyone. She blew up Natalie Dormer. I love Natalie Dormer, but it was, it's the story. It's the story we're getting and I enjoyed it and I still relish Uh, Cersei is a character.
1: Yeah. Though I think the thing that I'm missing a bit with season eight is those first two episodes. There's a lot of people complaining, oh, they're so slow and nothing happened. I love the slowness of them and I love those characters Sitting down and taking time for each other and and enjoying that, and then everything since then just seems just like bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, oh god, this is going a little bit quick for me. Um, but like, you know, whatever, whatever, but, but it's that's
0: fine. It's always been like, paced like a novel, and I, I don't understand, yeah, I don't get that because people want that. I don't know, there is a three-act structure loosely to each episode but really it's a three-act structure to each season which is why you you get that slow build-up at the Mm. beginning and then you get that big sort of everything go nuts climax and then you'll get that little bit of a sort of slower prologue usually uh, epilogue as well Mm. you know you look at like even series one that's that's what it is they they all have that shape where the three acts take place over the entire season Mm. you know they all go bonkers at one point so, that everybody always has that Game of Thrones moment at some point in a season where they go, Oh, fuck, can you believe that this happened and this just all went nuts or that battle or whatever. But mm. there's also every season, there's those episodes where people go, Oh, yeah, this is slow. This is. Mm. And they don't learn from it, though. They, you know, this is the mm. eighth one. Yeah. And you still see that same criticism leveled, even though that's, that's been what the show is, that's the shape of the show and always has been. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I much prefer the slower episodes. I think at this point we're so connected with these characters that I really like just kind of hanging out with them. But um,
0: but if there's a time to speed up the second last episode, the last couple of episodes, it's probably...
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. But yeah. it's just the fact that it's a much shorter season, that it just feels so much more um, compressed than previously, really. you know. I mean, at the end of the day, who fucking cares? It's fine. Um, we're getting dragons uh, flying around and blowing up ships and... Um, I think I think with the the death things that people expect that these sort of monsters will get their real just desserts in the way that um, uh, what's his name um, dog guy mm. uh, got eaten by his own dogs and it was shocking and wonderful and you felt vindicated in that death and Joffrey choking on his own you know goo and and that sort of thing like you felt like almost like you were Cersei being crushed
0: under her own castle with her incestuous brother
1: yeah but it almost felt like in some ways that was a, a a win like you felt like Cersei's biggest loss or humiliation was that sequence where she was being led through the city and being humiliated in front of everybody and I guess people felt like they wanted that kind of you know, end for Cersei, like some sort of public humiliation that that would be the ultimate, you know, horrible last moment for her. And all she cares about is
0: that baby and it just got crushed under a whole lot of red bricks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's people's expectations and things are not always going to live up to what you want them to be. Like, I was really geared up for Jamie to kill her, and when he didn't, I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck is this? They kind of both get, what what is happening here?
0: But why um, would he kill her? Like, you look at everything he's done in this whole thing, even to the point of what he said when he left Brienne a couple of episodes ago, um, it just hasn't been his... He, he, he's always done absolutely everything. The reason he's a monster, the reason he is how he is, is because he loves that woman. So to suddenly have that... I know it would be crowd pleasing because then people can forgive Jamie for all the horrible things he did because, mm. oh, look, he. But, you know, and that's that double standard. I still reckon that if it had been like Cal Drogo burning the city and whooping like Aquaman, a lot of people would have been like, oh, that was rad. He's really cool. Um, but Daenerys, it's mm. like, it's this betrayal, like um, your mother, like a mother, you know, she's a mother. She should be this nurturing and she's betrayed us. She's gone and done something military in a Mm. storyline where people have done anything within their power to win battles
1: Mm.
0: Um, that that's always been the case i feel like endgame as much as i fucking love it has just warped people into wanting everything to be that kind of campy you know they, they want Captain America picking up Mjolnir moments in Game of Thrones and it's mm. just not going to happen it's mm. not that's not what this is mm. it's not that clear cut good guys bad guys heroic memorable moment things it's just never been that
1: i think it, it may become that in the final episode i think the um i think the cast have almost not spoiled what's going to happen in the end but there are segments of the cast that seem a lot happier with the way that their characters are... Uh, finish the season than than others so i think that the uh, the starks are gonna come out on top very much at the end of this oh, one i next mean one. that seems very obvious
0: I and mean, i think yeah danny will now be punished for what she did but um mm. and, you know, and i
1: think the the thing that i read that amelia clark had, had said that you know she'd been told the entire time that you know daenerys is this hero and she's doing all this great stuff and then <laughs> she gets the script for season eight and goes oh okay so i I don't know, I don't know, I don't I know again, I don't think,
0: yeah, I think this all goes back to that comprehension thing. I think when we look at what that character' like I think it's all justified i I think there's always going to be ways where you could say, but it could have gone this way or she could have chosen to do this, or you can say that about any situation, but bottom line is you've got people working really fucking hard who are passionate about this thing who have to make decisions and have to make decisions that millions of people who are very invested um, are not all going to agree with and are going to think that they had a better idea or whatever. But as we, I think have always said on this show, a lot of the time when people have their, oh, but what if this happened or whatever, it doesn't solve the problem because they haven't figured out all the... Mm. 12 other things that then have to happen for that to happen you know you have to make decisions and you have to make decisions that are ultimately going to tie everything together and and people jump the gun on that stuff a lot there's a lot of things where they go oh well then this never happened so why and you go well we're not done yet you know Mm. we we don't know where it's all going in the same way that i think people petitioning the russos or whatever and going why didn't black widow get a funeral this is ridiculous it's going to be such a moot point If she does, if she's just Mm. back suddenly in that, you know. Like, we don't know these things. We've just got to trust that people are going to make decisions. And and regardless, the decisions they made, that's what we've got. I mean, that's it. Mm. Like, I would love to see Danny survive it. I would love to see Danny be heroic. She's my favourite character. But look, if she gets killed by the Starks on Monday, which she probably will, Mm. um, that's not going to upset me. Like, that's the story. That's what happened. And that's the exciting thing is like seeing what happens each week. And, and And look, the truth is, we're down to Team Danny and the Starks. I mean, it's so. The idea that, oh, but, you know, will she get killed? Will the Starks come out on top? Well, there's no one fucking left. So it, that's, like, pretty <laughs> much it. We don't have many options. Like, that's not, um, a. Unless suddenly Bronn becomes the top person. I think that, uh,. You know, it's it's pretty clear where we are, but I've in, really enjoyed the journey. Uh, it's kept me absolutely riveted, and the people and I really respect their um, ability to to pull this off and to bring something together, which was really difficult. So when I hear all this kind of bitching, whining, sort of, well, I'll do this and do that, or. You know, they've lost it, or um, these guys don't give a shit about it, or whatever. I just think um, they've wowed me in ways that the people complaining w- will just never wow me. <laughs> you know, they'll never engage me like Benioff and Weiss have. Mm. I-, I just think they've done an amazing job at-, at pulling this thing together. And yeah, you can, for years, for decades, people will be talking about, well, could we, they've done this, or this, or this, or maybe mm. this should have happened. Yeah. But um, I I think the things are justified. I think if you think through it, if you look at the character's journey, I understand where they came from that decision. I don't think any character has suddenly had this um, complete turnaround. I think they've plotted it all out and spent a lot of time and energy on it. And, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that last one. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it's going to be good. I think most of my, uh, you know, every Tuesday coming into work and then... Loudly discussing what happened in our open open plan office is—it's uh, gonna be sad to not do that anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah no.
0: I love the Game of Thrones debrief.
1: It's and I, I guess that's
0: yeah. I, I love pop culture. I love talking about it. I love interacting with people about it. But mm. um,
1: and I think yeah. Look, I think most of what people are bitching about with Game of Thrones literally just comes down to personal expectation. Because we've had nine years to assume and theorise and speculate on what's going to happen and what's happening is not what everybody thought was going to happen, so...
0: it's not yours, it's not your fan fiction. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, yeah, like, people are saying, fuck, don't like it, write some fan... Do what normal people do and read some fan fiction or write some fan fiction. It is what it is. Like, when people, you know, people complain about the Avengers movies, but it's just like, fuck, they're just... They're... I don't know, like, for me, as someone who engages in fandom, like, I feel like those Marvel movies are just such a skeleton to hang so many other things on. Like, I've read such great fan fiction based on that universe that essentially what happens in the movies doesn't necessarily bother me that much, because if I think, oh, well, I would have liked to have read that story, you know, give it a couple of weeks, someone's going to have written that story. Oh, yeah. So I, you can, Yeah, you know.
0: I mean, I, I wouldn't even bother. Like, I just think it's... Uh, I don't know. I I like to talk to people who are excited about things. And I think, uh, you know, criticism is really valid. I think you can sort of get in and and pick things apart. But I just don't think people are very good at articulating what's really wrong about something. Mm. Like, they don't get to the essence of it. And and that's what...
1: And people can't uh, differentiate between it's bad... And I just personally didn't like it. Oh, yeah. And if you like, someone wants to
0: challenge me on something, then challenge me on it. Like, in, But engage me. Convince me. And I don't get that. I get a lot of regurgitated bullshit. I get a lot of memes. And, and I see that all the time. And I get a lot of stuff where I just think... And, and this guy is not just Game of Thrones. Everything. Where I think... You've got, your comprehension of this just isn't... You, you know, you're just parodying something that you've read somewhere. Or you've really missed something. Because mm. you go, well... Okay, but what about this, this, this? And then they go, ah, oh, oh yeah, yeah, I guess. And it's like just <laughs> so yeah, just be prepared. Mm. Build, build your, build your case. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think more and more I'm disengaging with. I don't don't really read comments and stuff more often. It's more that stuff comes up on Facebook on a feed mm. where I see, and really I'm I am just doing my option um, that facebook allows which is just those snooze people for 30 days Mm. i don't want to see this conversation come up for the next week because um it's just garbage and uh i hate the idea of people trying to convince me not to enjoy something that i'm enjoying Mm. and uh, i don't think we spend a lot of time talking about things that we're not enjoying like we we, uh tend to talk about stuff that that we're really into
1: Yeah, like, it's more sense-championing the things that you like. I don't tend to spend time on Facebook for, um, you know, my pop culture engaging. Because, like, most of it, the communities and stuff like that are generally just shit. Like, people generally have fairly shit opinions on Facebook. I tend to engage a little bit more on um, Twitter because it's a, you know, a bigger well, I wouldn't say necessarily a bigger subset of people, but I have my... Uh, I think my feed list much more curated to people who not necessarily share my opinion, but that are better at articulating their opinions, so I feel like I'm getting much more valuable um, content from there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've, yeah, en- they- I've I've enjoyed the memes from the last episode, anyway. Yeah. I think I'm...
0: Mm. I, 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 look, I used to be back in the the day, like, be a member of the Something Awful Forum,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I'm sure have turned into a lot of alt-right mm-hmm. bags and things. Uh, I don't know if it's, like, working at a school or whatever. I think I'm, like, yeah, pretty close to be done with memes. Mm. I get them a lot on Pinterest, and I get a lot of naive fan cartoons and stuff, especially Marvel at the moment. Mm-hmm. Not just Stan Lee uh,
1: <laughs> walking
0: off into heaven or, uh-huh. or Black Widow meeting... Tony Stark and going let's go have cheeseburgers Mm -hmm. in heaven or or whatever um yeah those are just like I said I'm 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 really done with it this week (laughs) it's all horrible we're all horrible stop being so horrible uh yeah it's a hard time for anyone to be creative I think Mm. like it's a fucking harsh world for a creative person the way that people just Absolutely turn on creators of things. People that have brought them so much joy in the past.
1: Yeah, and you found it this week with, um, yeah, the Game of Thrones dudes. Like last season, they were gods gifted to us by the heavens, and now it's like, let's boycott them from doing Star Wars because they're going to fuck up Star It's like, okay, but everyone thinks that Star Wars is now fucked up, but you're going to think that it's still going to get fucked up by these other guys who are probably actually more in line with what you want out of Star Wars, like, what the fuck is the problem here? Well, yeah,
0: and, I mean, you can imagine the frustration if you were Disney or whatever, mm. where you're sort of going, oh, fuck, look, we just, Ryan, we love you, we're so happy with what you did, but we, we can't announce that you're the next one. It's mm-hmm. just it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to be... Fuck, they don't want you. We're gonna go with these guys, and then mm. this comes out, and it's like, even though this thing's breaking records all over the place, and mm. then they're like, oh fuck, now there's this. <laughs> I felt like that for DC with Justice League, when everyone's like, fucking Zack Snyder, we hate you, die, cunt. And then <laughs> they're like, all right, we'll get Just Whedon and then all that Just Whedon backlash yeah, yeah. happened, and they just must be going, oh fuck, like, what? It's like what?
1: every time we think we've kicked a goal, the goalposts yeah, have changed. What do we
0: do? Yeah. Like, everyone just hates everyone. You know, I mean, the George Lucas hate, and you just think, anyone, if you're a creative person, anyone out there has any creative aspirations, and you just realize that creating Star Wars wasn't enough. It just isn't (laughs) enough for people. Like, yeah, what have you done for me lately, dickhead? And it's like, well, yeah, like, people are just angry and entitled. Mm. Um, And it would be just funny and just ignore it if they, they didn't actually have real influence. Like, they really can create this sort of wildfire of opinion, which does really hit those impressionable people who are afraid or not articulate enough to have their own opinion. Because I see so much parroted. Yeah, and and that's such a shame, because people really have opinions of things without having any real knowledge of them Mm. or, or sort of asking themselves, well... Why does that thing exist in that state? And I and I think even some there's some pretty shitty things that I, I don't value as pieces of art, which but I still think are really interesting in terms of the circumstances that allowed them to be. Like where you go, Well, where are we culturally that has led to this being that way? And, you know, I, I think that's why Batman will always be interesting, because that that's such a Reflection of what's going on in the world Mm. I mean you've got this character that is really Simple that has this really Basic formula to make Something a Batman movie but then you See that come out in so Many different ways like um, You know the weird 60s kink To Mm. the 80s kind of V-mode Grunge to the post 9-11 Christopher Nolan to the Just fucking try and please everyone um, Yeah
1: Justice League Batman. Justice League
0: which is really like Those films are that Mm. try to please that's like the post truth Batman mm. isn't it it's that try to please everyone in a place where everyone's angry and, and and you basically end up tying the character to four horses and getting them pulled in mm. four different directions as you just heap stuff on hoping that something will stick and that people will be happy um, yeah fucking world
1: mm. yeah it's like you say you can't please everyone now you can't please anyone
0: Yeah, that's kind of true.
1: Yeah. Oh, how depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a note to leave on. Tickety tonk.